Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job to defenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. 
Quickwire Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwenGroup, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. Farmer Johnny here, Taylor Family Farm. I'm going to give you all a little look-see. We raise 100% non-GMO, grass-fed beef, pasture chicken, and pork on our family farm. Everything that we grow is raised with love and care to ensure the highest quality and nutrition for our family and customers. You can shop online at taylorfamilyfarmtn.com or visit our farm store in person at Etheridge, Tennessee at 301 Dave Reisner Road. That's taylorfamilyfarmtn.com for more information. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Oh, my gosh. Oh, welcome to. Mm. Oh, Monday edition. This one has left a mark on me. And, I, and here's my thing about this football season this year. I, I said back in the summer, this team's not going to go to Alabama and win. And me and Bino were talking on the on the at Calhoun's on the river the other day, and I'm not here to spoil anybody's joy, but both of us looked at each other and said, "We're not winning tomorrow." But at the same time, and this is at the same time, when you look like that. Um, in the first half, and that goes down, I don't know, officiating though is really frustrating. When it doesn't go your way. When it goes your way, like in the Eagles game last night, I love it. Eagles got away with a couple holds. Kelly Green forever and ever and ever. Being a Jeff Henderson, we haven't said a word, as is our general Monday want. I will say one thing before we get going, and I'll let you have your... Your little, your not little, but your 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 um, your rant here. I've been told by some people that an up man for Tennessee called for a fair catch, and that's why the Vols began their first drive of the second half on the four yard line. The CBS crew was erroneous, and Gary Danielson said, "There it is, right there." When Literally, D. Williams over there scratched his leg. Gary Danielson lied on television. They were wrong. That's not where it was called. There was an up man for Tennessee. I believe it was a freshman. I'm going to triple check it today with some people. But word I got, and the staff believes, 
and they were told after the game that it was not called on D. Williams. So I just wanted to get that out into the ether before we go anywhere else. Bino, Jeff Henderson, buenas morning to you, and then we'll go to the phones. We will just uh, let people talk here. Tony Bay, Brady, good to be with you on Monday, uh, 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 a bad Monday. Uh, we we just missed this solid opportunity uh, to beat a Nick Saban coached Alabama team in Tuscaloosa as we'll ever have. Uh, we likely got as good a game out of Joe Milton as we'll ever see in a game of that magnitude. Uh, played a really solid first half, albeit one that we we left points off the board uh, that would have given us an opportunity to have a really, really firm grasp on the game. Uh, then in the second half, uh, we just got completely outplayed and outcoached in every phase of the game with the possible exception of punting, uh, which they didn't have to do, so we were going to win that end. Um, just a uh, stinging, uh, bitter, disappointing loss. You know, you you got to be a guy today that's not real happy. We had a guy as an official up in the state of Indiana email me, put it on the blog today, over <laughs> at uh, tclub.team. 3,000 words or so dedicated to the game, but he said that he's he's never seen a team improve like that week over week. Now, maybe our wide receivers just completely suck, and maybe our um, maybe our uh, or their, I should say, maybe their wide receivers completely suck and were just great for a day and broke wide open quickly in the second half. Not one holding call against them. He, he he believes, based on Alabama's performance coming into that game, that that's like miraculous that they didn't hold one time. He, an official, and I know this guy's an official, was saying that because he puts a little detail in there. He said his state athletic association if the discrepancy was that bad, would make him watch film and send in a report. You think the Southeastern Conference will do the same to these officials, Bino? Uh, no, they're not going to do that, Tony. This is uh, this is the history of this league. Uh, you're just not going to get a fairly called game against Alabama in Tuscaloosa. You're just not going to get it. And uh, I, I know that you think and that – Josh should stand up and rant and rave and, yep. and take his fine and whatever. Yep. Hey, that may help against LSU. That may help against Auburn. Uh, if you think that's going to get you any calls against Alabama and Tuscaloosa, uh, I got some Legion Field SEC championship tickets I'd like to sell you. You know, uh, didn't they say that the head of officials was a Tuscaloosa-based real estate agent? Sure, Brian. It's on the internet. I mean, it's got to be true. Which is my is favorite thing. Who knows? Why would you say, Brian? How do I know? <laughs> but just go ahead and say it. Just go ahead and say it. It's on the internet. I mean, Richard G. West might might have reported it. Why not? What are you doing, Brian? How long have we done this? 
Tony, I want to say a word about Hypo here. Um, you know, I, I am so, I'm just so happy to have him as opposed to what we've had in that position for so many years that at times I'm a little bit, I'm probably a little overly defensive of him. Uh, but I've, I've never thought he was above criticism and he deserves all he's getting for Saturday. I mean, his job is to put his team in position to win. Uh, and he failed miserably at that on Saturday. Um, I heard, uh, I heard Brent Hubbs. He was on with, uh, Rick Russo last night on Channel 8. And he said that we have attempted six fourth downs this year of two yards or less. And we're one of six. I mean, at some point, at some point, unless the game just absolutely dictates that you do it or you're in no man's land, you have to say, you know what? We suck at this and punt the damn ball. But you have to do. And he, uh, he, he failed to do that. And I don't hear this wrong. I wouldn't give it back for anything in the world. But I wonder if the wild success of last year and the point a minute offense that we had last year didn't somewhat stunt Josh's growth as a game manager in this league. Uh, because in this league, possessions, uh, you know, are, are, they're, they're precious, uh, but field position, uh, and managing the game means more in this league than it has anywhere else he's coached. Bina, what was that number again? Was that a fourth down number? Yes. Give me that uh, one it, more time. We, we've attempted, we've attempted four fourth downs of two or less yards. This season, mm-hmm. uh, six times, we're one for six in conversions. And they didn't get one against Virginia. That's right. In his own end of the field. In their end of the field. And Virginia's horrible. And, and, but, and meanwhile, guys, the Eagles last night on their final drive, and I'm sure none of you were watching it, but I was. They're trying to, you know, win a game at the end. Don't want to put the ball back in the hands of a dangerous opponent, Miami. Two five and one teams. The Eagles ran not one, not two, but three of up there what they call the brotherly shove. Because I can't, in good conscience, before you call that a tush push. I'm just not. Uh, I'm a. I'm a hap. I'm a happy uh, header. <laughs> So, I just got to tell you, until they outlaw it, at one point, Sirianni went over to a linesman and put up his hands and kind of smiled, just kind of shrugged at him like, I mean, what am I supposed to do here? The Eagles actually were going to send their punt team out because the ball was at their 26-yard line. And he thought they thought about it, and uh, I guess Hurts went over there and said, what are you doing? It's fourth and a yard. It's like a long yard, maybe a little over a yard. They they got it for three yards. They shoved him way past the pile. And Chris Collinsworth, who is a master of blather, he says it's impossible to stop that. You cannot get low enough to the ground. 
Meanwhile, the Vols are snapping the ball to a guy who looks like he's posing for a photograph when he gets the ball in his hands on fourth down. That ill-fated run-at-the-line speed option thing they tried to do on that fourth down you're talking about, Bino, a guy called the other night, and I got contentious with him because he said, well, you know, he's gambling. No, you're, no, that's not gambling. When you're one of six at something, that's not gambling. That's picking a lottery ticket up off the ground that's already been scratched out that you know's a loser and me selling it to you for $10 so you can put it in the check, second chance box because you got about a one in 100 chance of making that. That's the number. I don't care what the one in six number. You do that with Joe Milton in that spot, in that football game, at that place, and Josh Heupel, you got a one in maybe, maybe, maybe a hundred shot of making that play. Maybe, Bino. That's not gambling. That's stupidity. I don't mind gambling. The, the Eagles gambled last night. When you're on your side of the field in a, in a, in a, contested football game and you do that that's gambling what we're doing is stupidity Bino, because you're doing the same thing and you're expecting a different result and it's stupid coaching it's dumb from a really smart guy it's just really stupid coaching well i'd give out that 1-800 number tony uh that gambling number thank you listen i don't i'm not a i'm not a advocate of of being in the shotgun um, on short yardage, but I have a bigger problem with us. My biggest problem with us is we're a spread football team. Mm. Why in the world, when we absolutely have to have a few yards, do we go away from who we are and jam it up there in some kind of tight set that we don't know how to play? That and our personnel decisions. Joe Milton shouldn't be the one running the football in that situation. Jabari Small shouldn't be the one running the football in that situation. Stay spread out and and let and do what you do running the football if you're going to do it. Don't jam everybody up in there and run against the other damn team's team picture. To the phones we go. You know, we... You just have to stop thinking Saban is is done because Bino tried to bury him for years ago, and Matt tried to say the same thing this year, and he's still Saban. He's going to take Bino to, to Bino's early point. He's still Nick Saban. Well, to Bino's point. That's a nine and three football team Alabama has, or worse. That's a by Alabama standards, that's a hoopty football team they have. By Nick Saban standards, that's a great way Bino just put that. You're never it's, winning it's, down there without. If you didn't beat him, you're never going to beat him there. That's the best chance you'll ever have. They were laying on the ground at halftime, laying on the ground. It's his best coaching job, probably. Oh, uh, no question. I, I took they my end up to him. Ten and two or better, Brian. It's one thing to go out there with all world talent and roll over everybody. If you take Jalen Milrow and that offense, 
and you get them to 11 and 1 this year, which I think is still very much in question, but if you do, and you get near that playoff and you're them, and you touch that playoff, that's one of the great coaching jobs we'll see. You know, that team, if he's got that team at Michigan State or LSU, they go 8 and 4. Back to the phones we go. That's what he did with that kind of team there. There is some kind of magic in that deal. Hello and welcome in. Is it me? Welcome in. You're on the air. All right. I, uh, since I'm the first caller, just I'll set the tone. Uh, after the game, John Adams made the statement that, you know, the refs didn't cost us the game. But I would have to ask him, how do you expect to win a game where you're allowed to hold on every pass play in the second half? How do you expect to win that? I agree with you. And... Now, now, to Bino's point, we didn't help ourselves with stupidity. No. But the officiating the other night was really disgusting. And they, they controlled the momentum yep. of the game. Yep. And, and one thing yeah. I won't do to impress my media buddies is go with a guy like John Adams. And I, I challenged him when he said that. I mean, yeah. the, the, the numbers are the numbers. Like that official told me. When the numbers are that one-sided, look, basketball officials, and Matt and I laugh at this because Matt was texting me during the game, and Matt said, look, they're going to start evening up the calls. They never did. They never did. When you're, when you're out there with 11 and they're out there with one, look, that's a great home field advantage, I guess. I, I guess. And I do mean I guess. You can't. You can't. Come on now. That's ridiculous. All the clutching and grabbing they did on both sides of the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Two plays into the second half, and yep. they throw that, that bomb. Yep. Huge momentum. Yep. Well, it should be called back. That's where yep. the picture's from. The Tyler Barron gets his head taken off in a chokehold. Tackle. A tackle from yeah. behind on Tyler Barron. Hey, listen. The Zebras yesterday, when, when Jimmy Haslam brought his officials to uh, – Bino's Colts, they couldn't wait to call everything on Indianapolis in their own building. That pass interference penalty against you, Bino, yesterday was a Bino. Minute Bowl couldn't have caught that ball. That was an uncatchable pass for Minute Bowl in the end zone, Bino. Yeah, it's a horrendous call. I mean, you got, you got screwed six ways to Tuesday, Bino, this weekend from the refs. Your team's did. The, on the fair catch, yep, an up man, an up man was, made a signal. Yes, it was it was T Lander, and he was not calling a fair catch. It was a sky kick. He was pointing out the ball to let the blockers who were facing him know where the ball was. And they called. That's what they called. Wow. And on the I, third down. Uh, Gary Danielson said on the broadcast that it is a point of emphasis this year for misleading uh, kick signals, which means you're about to get a whole bunch of nonsense that's got nothing to do with anything, Kyle. Yeah, it was probably a point of emphasis in that game when Nick Saban's realtor is your head ref. <laughs> Bino said that, uh, you know, that game was bitter. It hurt. You know, it hurts us when we lose games like that. You know, I, I, 
does John Adams care? Do you think it bothers him a bit when we lose a game like that? Uh, no, he's a he's a columnist. Is this personal against your you're angry with John Adams after that game? That is very. You need a target. Do you need do you need do you need a target or were you targeting John Adams? What did John Adams do? He he did. Hey, John Adams did not oh. call. Make us run the run that play from midfield, which totally flipped the game. He didn't do it. If you want to blame him, it makes you feel better. Go for it, man. I mean, okay. So you just said too that Hopple is a smart guy. Very smart, smart guy. Coach, intelligent. Great coach. I know a lot of smart guys that are cowards, and at least he's not a coward. He's not scared to go for it. That's who he is. I don't agree with it. I wouldn't have done it. Well, that's who he is, and at least he has. I mean, he's got to try. He knows his defense is going to get held the entire second half. I mean, you think they're going to stop anybody when they're getting away with murder out there? What doesn't make any sense to me of why you don't kick that ball? And you can, if you want to explain it away, you go for it, man. But I, 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 but said, no, I, no, no. Listen to me. I wouldn't. Have the, done no, it, well, but. the week the week before, you punted the same spot, pretty much. You put Texas A&M on the goal line. Your punter has a magic wand in his hand right now. The way he could run out there, get your gunners downfield, catch that ball inside that five-yard line, and let the game come to you. And listen, They'd if he doesn't change, flag, if he and doesn't, we were not in an obvious punting formation. If again. he doesn't change, he won't win those games. You can you can do whatever you want to do. Have fun with yourself. Blame John Adams. If the it's head coach listen, John if the Jameson. head coach doesn't change, John, John Penning, if if the head coach doesn't change, he won't win those games in those spots. He won't. Not in this league. You can't do that. I mean, you can have at it. You blame whoever you want to blame. I'm telling you where the blame lies. It's the guy making eight million dollars. Well, I'm the, but. I don't know to get on the air after the game and and uh, act like Gary Danielson on fifth quarter fan reaction is pretty pretty gross to have to listen to. Oh well, you have a good day. I'm sorry to hear that. Hate to disappoint you. See, Bino, it's everybody's fault, and that is what these games do. They make everybody turn on everybody. That is what these yeah. games do. Yeah, they, they, they do, Tony. They do. They're just so bitter, and you're so raw, especially yep. this early, uh, that, uh, yeah, it's – and, uh, you, you know, uh, I, I do think Josh is a smart guy, uh, and I hope he's uh, – I, I think he's one that will adapt. Um, and you can get away with that kind of thing if you've got the type of offense that we had last year. That's right. But I'm not sure how often he's going to have that offense here. I think he's going to have offenses much better than this year's, but I'm not sure he'll ever have one as good as last year's. And look, when you're so playing, when you're you playing, have to manage yeah. the game a little differently. That's right. That's all. In those signature games, especially, look, the Georgia games, the Alabama games, and this, and we always say it. You know, it's going to come down to four or five plays. It just so happens that that was a huge one. Now, the officiating was terrible Saturday. And, and look, while a guy like John Adams and those guys aren't going to sell for that, I'm going to acknowledge it. That officiating was horrendous. 
Does that make me a homer? I don't know. Maybe in their eyes it does. I'm pointing you out can, there's a numerical discrepancy there that I think is irrefutable. You can do that without placing blame on the officials for losing the game. Yeah, I, I, that's that's right, Brian. I, I, I don't think officiating cost us a game, but it forced us to play a different game than they were playing. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't make up for the fact that you did all those mistakes in the second half and you got ambushed 27 nothing. Now my, it certainly didn't help. My caller says that T-Lander pointed to the sky that it was a sky kick. Um, uh, yeah, that's my why, – why would an up man call a fair catch, Toby? When the but ball, man, when the ball, why would an up man call a fair catch? When the ball kicked a million, a million miles up over his head. Again, I'm back to the, the principle of verticality here. Tallest man in world history couldn't have caught the ball. <laughs> Jack and the beanstalk. The ball's over his head. Or is it beanstalk? Whatever it is. Let's go back to our phones. I know we're all all mad at each other. And to that last caller, I love you, man. I didn't mean to blow you up. You're my guy. You brought some good good stuff to the show today. But no, John Adams, I don't think, has really tore up they lost. I think he's like an LSU guy, isn't he, Bino? I don't know that John has anyone that he pulls for. you got to have somebody you pull for in sports. These guys that say they don't have somebody they pull for, why are you watching sports? Uh, well, I know. I know. So I just don't know. What are we in I've a laboratory? Say, what are we in a laboratory here? I've never heard John say who he pulls well, for. I'm, um, I'm saying. Let's go back to our phones. When I was younger, Tony. Yeah. I used to kind of hold it against the media that they weren't Tennessee fans like I was. Yep, yep, like that young guy did. Yep. And until I realized they're not supposed to be, <laughs> and we need we we need someone to help us orange-blooded folks uh, when we get too far off one side to kind of bring us back to reality. Back to defunds we go. Hello and welcome in. Hello, is that me? You're on the Monday edition. Yes, go right ahead. Tony, I've got a question for you. Hit it. Do you know whether this guy, this official, was a real estate agent in Tuscaloosa, Alabama? I do not know that. No, I do not know that. Okay. That's the first thing that the Southeastern Conference should address. Because if this man was a... Uh, uh, an official of that ball game. If this man works in the real estate business in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, you know what you're looking at? You're looking at a scandal. It's what you're looking at. That's what you're looking at. You're looking at a scandal. And this conference headquarters knows it. So what sports media needs to do is to confirm whether that story is true or not. That's the first thing you do. And the second thing you do, if it is true, you call it what it is, and it is a scandal. That man is working in an environment that at least partially or substantially the University of Alabama. He works 
if that's if he's a real estate agent, that's what he's doing. That's what he's doing. That university affects everything in that town. So I hope that this is not true. I hope this is a rumor. Because we're looking at a scandal if it's not. And I don't care if this guy is as clean as the driven snow. The appearance of this is a scandal. And if this conference is allowing that going on in yep. other cities around that con- this conference, yep. what you've got is corrupt officiating. That's what you've got. Or, or how about you- this? How about this? you got an officiating pool, right? Here's what I would say. You've got a pool of people to, to pull from. A man whose livelihood, let's put, a, a man whose livelihood depends on having a good name in that community doesn't need to be anywhere near that game in an official capacity. I, I've got on the uh, on our Twitter spaces uh, headline today, it says post-Bama depression, which is what we're in. And then I have WWE SEC for Odyssey. Now, we're the show of record. No. Several thousand people will see this. Sir, I think that smacks of professional wrestling, that kind of thing. I agree with you. Well, if an, if that's the case, if that's the case, the league needs to stand up and answer why that man was in that game, if that's the case. If it's the case, that's true. But let me tell you why that I believe it might be. Okay? Let me tell you why I think it might be. You will recall a basketball game in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Yes, sir. Where there was an official on that court making calls. Yes, sir. That was an LSU fan, and he had his room decorated with LSU paraphernalia. That's correct. The... Southeastern Conference let that go on. They allowed, they knew that. Only when they were caught at it was he taken out of the picture. I don't know if he was fired or whatever. Lord knows he may still be working somewhere. He exchanged words. I had a friend of mine that was on a flight back from that, and he was mocking and laughing at some Tennessee fans on the airplane coming back from that flight. How do you like those apples? Well, that, that, that's right. Let me tell you yeah. how to kill a sport. All right. Let me tell you how to kill a sport. And anybody right. who loves a game of football should should pay attention to this. All right. The number one way you kill a sport is you corrupt its officiating and you denigrate the fans' confidence in that sport. That's how you kill it. And if we allow this commissioner to corrupt the officiating in this conference... Wow. What essentially he's doing is killing the sport. But he's not only killing football, he's killing basketball as well. He's killing the other sports as well. Now, somebody needs to find out if this rumor is true. And if it isn't, then fine. That's fine. But some some sports journalist needs to find this out. And number two, if in fact that's true... What you're looking at is a scandal in sports, nothing less than a scandal. Thank you, my friend. I gotta ask Bino Jeff something because Bino, you're my. I, I'm prone to getting emotional, as people know. And you're like my. You're the better angels 
of, of this program because you know Brian's. I don't know what Brian's doing today, but I'm gonna play with you today on this one. If in fact we find out that this man is a realtor in Tuscaloosa or in, in in that area, do you, as that man just said, do you call that a scandal, Bino? In light of that, of what happened in the officiating Saturday. I, I don't go as far as to call it a scandal, Tony, because I do not believe, I do not believe, regardless of where the guy was from, uh, that he intentionally caused an outcome in a game. Now, I don't think there's any way in the world, if that's true, he should be calling a Alabama football game. Um, it's just like okay. I, I know. I know at one point the SEC would not allow graduates of their or anyone who had attended an SEC school to call one of their games. Rocky Good never called Tennessee football games. That's exactly right. Uh, so that I mean that's that's been something that's been out there. There's no way that anyone associated with that community, that town, that area should be calling an Alabama football game. Um, to me, that's common if, sense. If they did, yeah. then whoever makes those assignments should be fired. Sir, I will go with Bino on that. Nobody that lives in the same state of Alabama should ever be doing an Alabama I, or Auburn game. I agree with that, Brian. I think that's and an accurate I, statement. I'd love to know if there's been ever an official that lives in Tennessee that's done a Tennessee game before. Terry Ogles belongs in Maryville. I think he's done some Tennessee basketball games today uh, before. He's a great official, though. Not like that boo buffoon and loser that did uh, that that crew that did Saturday's game. I mean, my gosh, those guys. And also, Barron was grabbed, Brian, on that touchdown. That's a holding call. Ball, their 35-yard line. Let's call it what it is, Bino and Brian. Also, I got a text from somebody who said that the guy that we're talking about has the same name, but it's not the same guy. That it's somebody else. So, This is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. T-Willie, and you're listening to 101.7 FM WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee. Alert, alert! Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram has a huge announcement. We're expanding our service center to get you in and out quicker than ever. That's right, five new service bays to get your vehicle back on the road. Don't drive a Chrysler Dodge Jeep or Ram. It doesn't matter. Our certified technicians are trained to work on all makes or models. More service, less time. Only at Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Family owned and operated. You can count on us. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224.
In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Baird's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Baird and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Hi, Jimmy here for Columbia Ace Hardware. Columbia Ace Hardware now carries Magnolia Home by Joanna Gaines Paint. Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood. Along with the award-winning service and advice, Columbia Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Around the block, what you need in stock, with people who know their paint. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big. No tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113. Or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. Hi, Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. When you think of diamonds, what do you think of? Rare, precious, timeless, sparkles like the sun. They are timeless and nothing like them on earth. Then do you think, where do I buy local to buy the perfect ring? Maybe a diamond pendant or earrings or maybe a new diamond band. Look no further. Tillis Jewelry carries all your diamond and jewelry needs. Stop by and see our wonderful collection. And remember, if you don't know your diamonds, know your jeweler. Tillis Jewelry, downtown Columbia. The generations that have paved the way for us deserve respect, integrity, and compassion. This is Kelly Dobson, owner of Caring Hearts Home Healthcare. My grandmother and mother started this business in 2005, and I was honored to take over in 2012. Licensed and insured, we help our aging community stay in the comfort of their own homes. Online at caringheartshomehealthcarellc.com, by phone 931-381-5470, or in person at 1121 Trawood Avenue here in Columbia. That's Caring Hearts Home Healthcare. Hey gang, Carl Wayne Meekins here. I want you guys to come out and see us live on Veterans Day, 11-11-23, 7 p.m. Guitar and Cadillac Hall that sits right on top of Puckett's in Columbia, Tennessee. Got a huge lineup for you. We've got Troy Kemp, Katrina Burgoyne, myself and my band, and then the legend Jimmy Wayne's going to come in for a few songs. going to be a big night in Columbia, and Columbia ain't going to be the same. Okay, so get your tickets at eventbrite.com, Guitar and Cadillacs, Carl Wayne Meekins. We'll see you there. Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. Lovely Laura just came and told me in segment one that there was some popping getting into the surface noise. I apologize for that. I was playing with a cord in here, and I thought it was only in my headphone. So I will do better. 
Brian and uh, Bino, do you guys forgive me for marring our first segment on the program with some popping that got into the uh, got into the mix and the hunt? I'd never known if you hadn't told me, Tom. I'm good. No, I didn't. I didn't know either. Josh Heupel will meet the depressed here in about 30. Will he be pinned down on the decision, Bino, that he made at midfield? Yeah, okay. I'm sure there'll be. Uh, I'm sure there'll be questions about that, Tony. Will he take that I well? Was, I think there was post game. Will he take it well? Uh, I think he probably takes it better than guys that were in there before him. Will he take uh, a shot at the officials? After looking at the film, uh, no, no. He had that opportunity right after the game. He won't. He won't do it now either. We're being told to the gentleman that was all uh, stirred up. A couple things. First of all, apparently, 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 because I don't know this, the head official is a retired IBM employee that lives in Tampa. The photo of the guy from Tuscaloosa looks a lot like the head official. So there is that intrigue. Also, Nashville Lee of um, Winners and Losers fame. A two-in-one two weekend for the Winners and Losers boys. We got back off the schneid and back into the wind column over the weekend. He says, I, I just don't buy the conspiracy stuff. He said, those officials are dumber than a rock. Those guys were having to constantly refer back to video to spot footballs. Those guys couldn't pull off a conspiracy or a directive or be trusted to be part of any scandal if their lives depended on it. Those guys had the IQ of a baked potato. The calls never evened out because those guys were too stupid to realize what they were doing. So his takeaway message is that most, most of the time, most of the time, uh, those guys are going to make it look good for TV at the end of games. Holding call here, false start there. Uh, one of those calls that they like to get, misalignment calls. I always love misalignment calls, Bino, because most people have no idea what they're talking about. You know, I, I don't think football officials are as apt to do that as basketball officials are. I, 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 beyond a shadow of a doubt, basketball officials even think so. Back to the phones, 865-200-5402. Back to our phones we go. It's TLD Logistics Overdrive Overtime. No, it's your Basilio show. That's in two hours. That's the host. That's a host right there that was on for six hours Saturday night showing you the toll it takes on you to serve the living Vol fan. Hello and welcome into our next call. Good morning, Tony. Thanks for taking my call. Hello. This is Jason from Florence. Alabama. Hey, Jason. Welcome in, in Florence. Give me a little chance to grieve a little All right. bit over. Please do, man. You're not going to tell me you bought a. You're not going to tell me you bought a house from the head official, are you? 
No. I, okay. I think that was put to rest uh, actually yesterday sometime that that was not true. So that is not true. I That's think right. You, you know, no, man. And I'm certainly glad to hear it wasn't. Yes. But, I, you know, anyway, like you said, you see it on the Internet. It's got to be true. But at this time, I think it would. A um, couple things about the game. And like I said, I went to bed six Saturday night because I live amongst these people that I can't, you know, it just sounds like a whine if you're talking about officiating. But, oh, my gosh, you know, uh, I think Nick made a phone call at halftime to the SEC and said, hey, you guys were helping us, but you're not helping us enough. And, uh, you know, he hit, I say that in jest, but come on, I mean, it, it was it was pretty bad. Uh, here, here's my point. We're either the number one or two team in the conference on sacking the other quarterback. I, I think between A and M and us is back and forth, but one or two, I don't know what it is. And they were the number one team with giving up sacks. And so you would think, conventional thinking would be that the officials would be watching for some holding. I mean, you'd think beforehand they would have talked about that. You know, hey, just be conscious of this, this is it, because this is just the way it is. But no. I mean, we don't get one single holding penalty, you know, from the team that's given up 31 sacks. I, you know, I'd, anyway, that's just part of it. But After getting home in the first half and forcing a fumble, in the second half, they completely tightened up their game. Generally speaking, as the game wears on, your offensive linemen are grasping and holding on as the game goes along, generally speaking. But not those guys. They played a perfect game in the second half. The the league wants me to believe. I just don't believe that. I'm not blaming the officials for why we lost. Josh Heupel's call really turned the game. I mean, let's and just I, keep and, it real. Man, I absolutely agree with that. I mean, you know, I, I think Josh will take it, and I hope he'll learn from it. And, and, and I expect, you know, I expect him to because I'm like, Vino, man, I am so tickled to death to have him. You know, we were, you know, you know, four or five years ago, we wouldn't even have been thinking about b- being close in that ball game, And now he's he brought us up to where, hey, look, they were nine, eight or nine-point favorites, but people down here, they were concerned. I mean, you can I mean, I know. <laughs> I go to church with a bunch of them. They were concerned. They weren't talking. They weren't, you know, they knew that they were going to be in the game. I don't care if they were a nine point favorite. And so, you know, he's turned that thing around, and I, I'm tickled to death with it. Now, on the. <laughs> I mean, you've already, we kind of beat this puppy to death already, but you know, you, you know the fourth and one. Yes, I agree with you, what you're saying. You know, a couple of times there, definitely punt. But if you decide to go, which he did, you do not run into the teeth of their best. You know, their best answer is their defensive line. And every single time, that's what he's doing. Instead of trying to, you know, if, if you're going to do fourth and one, go to your street. You know, go go to your quick outside pass. Or, you know, like I said, you get out in your spread like you like you've been doing, you know, I, I, that's what I, I, I really get more aggravated about that than I did going for the fourth one. It was just what he called. Uh, it was just like you got no chance, no chance of, of winning there. So if you got no chance to win there, you need to be punting. <laughs> so 
Um, you know, I mean, there's that. So uh, one other thing that, I, that I've noticed, and, I mean, they don't never measure anymore, do they? Do they ever measure a first down anymore? It's extremely rare. I mean, has that been, have they been told if it's close, you call it one way or the other and let it go because we're, you know, this is how we're going to knock out some time. We're not going to. Boy, that's a really great point, my friend. A great point, my friend. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And and on that same line, in the first half, and I've got, I, I deleted the game. I couldn't, I, you know, I, I, I usually take and watch them, but I, you know, I, I was so upset, and, you know, I deleted it pretty quick. I wish I hadn't. Because one time in the first half, Alabama's got the ball, and they're, they're, they're running for a first down. And it might have been at the very end of the first quarter, because I don't know why, because they went to commercial. It looked like to me he was clearly a yard short. So I'm thinking it's going to be third and one or could have been fourth and one. I can't remember which. And they come back, and it was a first down. They had given them a first down. I, I mean, to me, it was like, <laughs> I don't know. And then you call the two plays where, honestly, I believe he made <laughs> the first down both times. I mean, on the dive, where they call his elbow down, I believe it. And, and, then, the, and then later, you know, when, when he, he took the ball, you could tell he's in the middle of the of the scrub or whatever you want to call it, clearly on the line, and they you know and they call it come short. I don't know, but you know I'm, you know grieving here, but you know I just had to get bent a little bit and say it was it was really poor officiating. And when you do that, you know your team's got to get down. I mean they called the holding pass interference on us when the guy couldn't have caught the ball. For, you know, if he'd been, like I said, if he'd been eight foot tall, he so just on and on it goes on. But appreciate you taking the call. Uh, it's not right now. Maybe I just I can get this out and <laughs> and I can move on. But this last couple of days, I just had to over to do it. So appreciate you listening and appreciate what y'all do. Appreciate the show. Love John Adams being on on Thursday now and even. That we might not always agree, but he tells it like it is. So thank you, brother. Thanks, Good talking to you. That's a great call, Jason. Hey, Tony. You know one one of the more egregious things that happened that was really costly was uh, when the first fourth down that we went for, and Jason mentioned it there. I mean, it was really, really close to being a first down on the initial one where his elbow went down. When they came back and that thing was spotted like a yard short or more than a yard short, a horrendous spot. Horrendous spot. Just made the fourth down more difficult. And that's what Nashville Lee's talking about. I mean, these guys couldn't spot balls. And I think if we were I think if we would have been watching it with a non-Tennessee lens, I think we'd say they were like they were that way for both teams when it came to spotting balls. They had they had trouble spotting balls a couple of years ago with Ole Miss came here. Yeah, Jason had a really good point. That hasn't been a new thing either. Where are the measurements? 
See, Matt talks about the lack of pass interference calls until it's time to, you know, call one to keep a drive going. I don't think they measure in the NFL, do they? They don't measure in the NFL anymore. That's interesting. I'm no. going to look into that. Is that, that. true? I, I, I have no. I no, seen... I think you're right, Brian. Uh, measurement is, uh, you know, it's it's gone with wishbone. And unless it's like a real deep into the game, fourth quarter, and it's a one-score game, it's a critical, critical spot, maybe. 865-200-5402. Um, TC in Athens says he's going to call and let, give us the lowdown on measurements. I, I know in the USFL... Oh, in, the, in the alt leagues, they experimented with putting a sensor inside the ball. Well, hang on. TC says he's on hold now. Let me see if I can find him. Hello and welcome into our next call. Hey, Tony B. It's Richard. Stay right there. I want to get TC in here. TC, is that you? Nope. All right. Stay right there. He says he's on hold. TC, is that you? Hey, brother. All right, go right ahead. Lay it on us. Hey, man, so uh, it's so crazy. I literally had this conversation two weeks ago right. with one of my golf buddies because the they hire him. They hire local people to do certain things at these games. One of the uh, things that they hire is uh, local people to work the chain. The great Bobby uh, Stogner has been on the chain gang for years and years. Yep, go right ahead. <laughs> So he works every single Georgia game. Uh, he told me two weeks ago, I mean, it was crazy. We were having this car. He said they absolutely hate to measure. They hate it because it's so uh, not precise. Uh, the way he's in charge of putting the, uh, there's a pin or clicker or something like that down uh, to where it goes. And, um, he said, literally, they eyeball it, the official out there on the field. He said, there's been tons of times where it's obvious that Georgia's short. He said, but at home, they will always, absolutely always get the first down if it's even remotely close. They don't, they have, they've just kind of laid down a thing like, hey, we are not measuring. Bino, and, why won't, Bino, why won't, um, why won't uh, a team call for a measurement? They can call for a replay. Why, why wouldn't you call for a measurement? If he's right, and that guy's right, and, and listen, Trace ain't going to call in here and lie. I mean, the guy, ta- guy obviously told him that. Yeah. yeah. Why, why I, in that spot wouldn't a head coach on the other sideline go, would you measure that? Yeah, I don't, I don't know, Tony. I don't know. Because that's, you don't see it anymore. I thought maybe you were going to tell me they have like a, um, they have a little chip they're putting in the balls, which they did in the USFL. But in the video, they would show you, okay, here's the line, because they had like a, you, you do the technology to do this now, TC. You have the technology. We have yeah. that. We have a beam. You can beam it from one to the other when you put the pin down. There was like a beam that went with it, and the ball has a sensor in it, and the ball knows when it crosses the beam. They know right where to put the ball. In fact. 
So he told you that. Yes. He told you they yeah, eyeball it, said, and it's just, let's said, just keep the game going here. That's exactly right. That's exactly what he said. He said, keep the game moving. And he's and he he literally told me. Now again, he's a he's a George, he's a huge Georgia fan, and he said, "I can promise you this: we will never ever not get the first down, and the opposing team will never get the first down if it's remotely close." He told me that, and. <laughs> So did did, did mean, he add clarity, Bino, or did he just muddy the water? What, what thank did, you, what did, what did TC do? Did he add clarity, Bino, or did he just muddy the water on this show? No, I think he. I think TC cleared it up. I think they don't want him out there with that chain, and uh, and <laughs> you know, like human beings will do when they look up and there's hundred thousand people for one team. If it's close, yeah, let's, that's a first down. He told me the very the last measurement they ever did at Sanford Stadium was 2016. What? That's what he said. <laughs> I promise you. That's like uh, when you're on the golf course and somebody hits a shot close enough to the hole, they don't make you putt. Pick it up. Pick it up, Buttercup. <laughs> Speaking of golf, hey, I, I want to get. I wanted to say something else about this whole point of emphasis thing, yes, you know, yes. before the season. We always have these ridiculous points. Can Next year, can the point of emphasis, emphasis to the refs be don't suck, get the calls right? That's the point <laughs> of emphasis. No, we can't have that, CC. I mean, literally, I was at the game Saturday. Yes. And... I'm up in the upper deck when that second play of the uh, second half, I literally just stood up. And I, you know, I don't, I see people that do it on every single play. Like, that's holding, that's holding. I don't do that. But on that play, I, I stood up and said, holding. I mean, it's literally, I, I saw it from a hundred yards away. How can a guy that is 10 feet away miss that? I think it goes back to what you guys were talking about with measurements. I didn't realize home field advantage in this league was that big an advantage. They get local people to do that stuff, and they are fans of that thing. Pretty big advantage. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Mike. Now, everything about the guy being a realtor and all that, that, that's that's bull crap. But it's so great. The guy... I love it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a guy with the same name, but the actual official uh, lives down in Florida. It's it's not the Tuscaloosa you know, dude. How many measurements have been done at Neyland Stadiums in that time? Brian, I don't remember measurements. Until that caller said that. Uh, It'd be interesting to ask the guy who does the measurements at Neyland. The great Bobby Sock. Well, no, he does. He's on the lines crew. It's a, the, the official does the measurements, Bino. They they or Brian. They bring the chains out, stretch it, and that's really one of the great cinematic moments in sports when they stretch that chain and it's a little short and the crowd goes crazy. 
You know, till he said like that, I haven't link. even realized they don't do that. Yeah, the links on the chain, and he's down there. I remember There's one two time chain they, links, one chain link. Do, do you guys remember the one measurement that really mattered, where they put the card in there? They put like a the official pulled yeah, like Dallas, a credit card. Dallas out. game. Dallas game. Yeah. Pulls a card Dallas out. Dallas Raiders game. And he can he can he does he have room? Does he? Have, there's a guy down there holding the ball. It looks like it's wrestling. I mean, what are we doing? I, I, you know, I knew that there were limited times when they came out, but to go seven years down there at Sanford Stadium without bringing the chain crew out? Well, I mean, what the hell are they even over there for? All I did is give it some kind of trip hazard. Oh, my get them out gosh. There. <laughs> well, like, I just, okay, I you know, have to call we're just going to hear that. So. Wow. Thank you, my friend. Good talking to you. It's around. It's a round of golf with your buddies almost. You have the first down, pick the ball up. That is so... That is so, like, weird to me that we don't see measurements anymore. Until he said that, I'll be honest with you, I I haven't noticed that. Have you? I mean, I'm telling on myself here. Oh, I I certainly hadn't noticed that they never did one. Uh, You know, I've... I was thinking they brought it out at least once a game. Wow. I need to reassess my entire existence right now. As we continue with more on the other side, what is wrong with me? As you, as we continue, hour two, by the way, and we'll continue to these phone calls. Stay right there. And then we'll pause. Josh Heupel will do about ten minutes, and we'll stay with the calls. That's what we're doing. It's like group therapy after... Sean Sinclair said it best the other day. Really sad loss is what that was. Because they left a great opportunity to become an upper-tier team for years to come and to be thought of that way. Because when you go to Tuscaloosa and you have a two-game winning streak over Alabama, that's how your program is seen instead of a nice SEC program, which is what the Vols are right now. Winning down there Saturday is the stuff that elite teams are made of, and we're just not there yet. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. 
Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, this is Steve, the Garbage Man. Y'all have heard me talk in the past about Packer, our mascot dog. Well, I have some sad news about Packer. She recently crossed over the Rainbow Bridge to join our other beloved pets of the past. Packer lived out her final days on our farm in Water Valley. She had a great 14 years of life after being rescued by Don from being thrown away as a pup in someone's garbage. Rest in peace, Packer. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, MimsModernLandscape.com. That's MimsModernLandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. Hey Columbia, this is Sabian Beard with the Columbia Noon Rotary Club with some information and an invitation for you. If you don't already know about Rotary, it's an organization over 100 years old that focuses on service in the community, service through vocation, and service to the next generation. Many of our community figureheads participate in the local Rotary Clubs, and we need your help. Our main fundraiser for our service projects is the legendary Pancake Day, held on Saturday, November 11th from 6 to 4. Tickets are $10 for one or $25 for three, and may be purchased at the door or from any Noon Rotary member. Help us continue to serve your community and enjoy a splendid breakfast with your neighbors. See you there. This is Trey Adcock with Dixie Equipment Sales and Rental. We sell ASV and Wacker Noisen equipment. We also rent a wide variety of compact equipment in the Middle Tennessee area. Come see us. We are located in Columbia, Tennessee at 200 East 16th Street. You can call us at 615-969-0118 or visit our website at www.dixiediesel.com. We have been in business for over 42 years and we would love to help you turn your project into reality. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Tony, be back with you. It's it's hour two on your radio, and I'm all, like, shaken up here. So there was a measurement yesterday in the NFL. Both Lee and my friend uh, Darren are telling me this at the same time. Nashville Lee said, Tony... They measured and gave Pickett a first down, and the entire planet saw that he was short, and it ended the Steeler game yesterday. So there was a measurement in the NFL game 
I'm trying to remember the last time I've seen a measurement in college football right now. Doesn't happen much, guys. It's a really good point somebody just brought up. You know, in the midst of this uh, maelstrom we're, we're getting into, uh, regarding officiating, So back to the phones we go. Oh, man. And get our next call in. I don't mean to sigh on the air. We were like on the air like six hours here. I think I need a break. Hello. And we home. wouldn't you want know. to run a nine-yard chain out there for Alabama anyway. Nine-yard. Maybe that's what they do. Maybe when Bama's on offense, they have a, they have a chain that's like six, six inches bit. shorter. Who they would notice? Nine-yard chain, then 11-yard chain for the opponent. Back to the phones. We, hey, when Joe Milton's running that option, Brian, it feels like an 11-yard chain. Hello and welcome into our next call. Hey, Tony. Hey, welcome in. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna try to stay calm. I, I don't call you at, uh, post-game anymore because the emotions are too hot. And uh, I, like to, I like to let it simmer for a few days and just try to figure out what happened, especially in a game like that where you give up 27 unanswered points uh, in the second half. I, Josh Heupel's in an unfortunate situation because in 16 years we've seen six different coaches here, and all those six coaches we've uh, – other than Kiffin, obviously, all, all those, those five, five other coaches, we've seen what doesn't work. Um. Unfortunately, we're, what, 13, 14, 15 games into Joe Milton's uh, time as a starter, and it, it's, not, it's not going well. Um, Clemson is about the only game uh, where you can look at and say, uh, wow, what a game. And that was a game really of no consequence in a neutral site. He didn't have a bad game uh, on Saturday, but... I keep coming back to this. The alarming thing to me, and I guess the red flag to me, is the guy's been on campus since the the start of the the 2021 season, and he hand-selected him for Michigan when he already had a resume there. It's not Joe Milton's fault. His resume, he didn't lie on his resume, right? The The video was there of his time at Michigan, and proper evaluation, we can only assume, was done. Uh, by by Heupel before he went and got him, but here we are. We're we're in the third season now um, with Joe Milton, you know, being uh, being our our guy. Obviously, last year was thrown in uh, after Hendon. But my point is this: I I just don't I don't understand why why you, you didn't go out in the off season. And, and have and this isn't a this is not an I'm not making this a Nico Joe thing. Uh, Joe Milton was always a seven and five, eight and four quarterback. Like and there there's no way that Josh Heupel didn't know that. I don't know if he thought he was going to be able to coach better than he was capable of playing. Um, but here we are. We're we're up against the Kentucky game now. And if you, you know this just as well as I do, in a season where you lose to Florida, you lose to Georgia, and you lose to Alabama, the one thing that Tennessee fans that we expect, 
you better go beat Kentucky. And you're on the eve of the Kentucky game, and I don't, I don't know that Josh really understands yet the importance of now in the SEC and how quickly, in my opinion, you're either uh, assenting or you're dissenting as a program. And uh, I think if, if he's not careful, Saturday is going to be step one of a dissension into uh, having to repair the first blow of what can quickly become a, a – I, I don't want to be too extreme about it, but, again, it, it, it would <laughs> – it would definitely feel like step one of, okay, well, you, you've got to get Nico ready for next year now because, um, you're, you know, it's two, it's two lost team. I, I'm not saying that Nico needs to start. I'm not saying that, but at some point in time this season, you've got to start to get ready for next year. Uh, and you've got to figure out whether Halsley and Nico are going to be able to, make a playoff run next year because otherwise you're kind of you're stagnant at 8 and 4 at an 8 and 4 program you know what do you know what i mean i i've got a lot, i've got a lot of thinking about with with all that but uh, well you said so many things like the first thing is joe milton's just a really interesting case because i <laughs> I don't get winter energy from him, like in, in these road games. Uh, I'll be really honest with you. I don't have a tremendous amount of confidence in him when we go on the road and play these games. I just don't. I wish I could say I do. Uh, he played about as well as he possibly could the other day. If it weren't for some of the other things that went on in that game, people would be raving mad about the, about the scoop and score. Um, you just can't do that in that game. And I think he played really well. And, and I'm trying to, you know, that's why we're not pointing it out. But, you know, he doesn't evoke, when you go on the road, just his body language, the energy, the things around him, um, the not reaching for the chain the other day when you're trying to get a first down. I mean, he just doesn't evoke confidence in me on the road. He just doesn't. No, he, he's he's just not. Again, awareness and instinctiveness are not his strengths. And uh, I, I know that was a protection issue first, but that is an awareness issue as well. That was a Garantano-like it was take weird. of a sack. It was uh, weird. That's right. It was weird. Just a devastating play. You know, and he hasn't had many. He hasn't been a huge – I mean, he doesn't evoke confidence in me. But he hasn't had a lot of catastrophic plays. That was a catastrophic play. Uh, that was uh, at least partially his fault. Uh, I, I agree with a caller in that I think from this point, we need to see Nico some. I, I don't think that he should start. I, I think they're in a position where here's a guy that you really can't lay any of these losses at his feet. Um, and he stayed around for two years. Uh, and showed loyalty, so you owe some back to him. Uh, I don't think he's done anything to lose his starting job, but I do believe from this point on, Nico needs to play some in preparation for what's to come for him. And I, Heupel has proven 
intelligence. He's proven confident. Um, they, he, so he's not stupid, but I would argue that ignorance, the root word of, of the word ignorance is ignore, okay? So I would argue that ignorance is worse than stupidity. And if you're gonna, if you're gonna ignore the problems and, and not fix them when, when he had, he had to have known, he had to have known there were gonna be, uh, there were going to be some problems with this guy at quarterback this year. And anyways, again, he's got a, and listen, yeah. he's got a blind spot for this guy. There's just no doubt about it. And they talked themselves into that, that this guy could do it. And, and look, he played pretty well. He, I don't know whether it's a compliment or a dig. I don't know, but I'm just going to say it. He played about as well as he's going to play in one of those games Saturday. That's it. He did. He did. Now, you didn't help him. Listen, even with the turnover, it's a seven-point game with the ball at the end. You got the ball at the end in a seven-point game, even even spotting them. The trouble is the head coach spotted him another seven. There's your 14-point deficit right there. I mean, I'm not a mathematizer, okay? But but that's that's the game. I mean, those those two plays right there are what it's the reason people are upset today. That was such a winnable game. That's the disgusting thing about it. That's not a very good Alabama team. Look, they might end up by a, with an 11-1 record by the end of the year, but if they do, it's going to be because Texas A&M can't beat anybody in the moment. They just can't. And we let them wiggle off. Texas went down there and put it on them. I mean, put it on. Tennessee could have put it on them. And, and, and part of the reason they could have is this head coach has done such a nice job here. He's done a really nice job in a short amount of time. That's why I'm not killing him, because the truth is we need this guy to make it. But if he's going to make it, you can't do stuff like that at midfield. You'll never win those games doing that at midfield here. You just won't. Saban is so lucky to have this team when there's so much uncertainty everywhere else. That's exactly that right, he Brian. Can actually, he can actually take a team that probably should be 8-4 and four and go, That's right. as you say, 11-1 and one with it. In a normal SEC year, he gets his doors blown off Saturday by us in a normal year. But we happen to have a quarterback that's just as erratic as his. And that's the truth. Well, Tennessee didn't have the team that could do that to him when before but now they they did they may have this time every quarterback in this league is erratic 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 it's the way i would describe most except maybe the guy at lsu everybody else Tony, is I'll, just there go ahead i'll i brady cook thought yeah and uh i know it's just monday so yeah. we're not we're not there yet but again, you and I both know eight and four with a loss to Kentucky, and eight and four, assuming we lose to Georgia, of course, eight and four with a loss to Kentucky is not the same season as eight and four with your loss being to Missouri. Uh, Tennessee fans, unfortunately, we got used to losing to Missouri when they first got in the league. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they don't. You know, it, it, again, it's just he needs to understand the importance of this game because it's gonna, it's gonna start, it's gonna start things. It's gonna can, losing to Kentucky, Georgia, Florida, and Alabama in an eight and four season. You just, it's gonna be really hard to convince people that that was 
that that was an uh, an okay performance. Thanks for taking my call. He he's got an interesting point that I haven't considered, and here's why: I think Kentucky's checked out. Now those might be famous last words, but Watson Brown told us last week, and Watson ain't gonna say this first. You know, he's on with us on Wednesdays. The truth is that when you do it, here's Josh Heupel. We'll finish that thought. Um, the, uh, not coming away with the win uh, down in Alabama, uh, the result of the game. Um, said it to the players after the game, said it again today. Uh, proud of their preparation and practice and uh, how we started the game. At the end of the day, as a program, uh, for me to uh, to the players, we all got to be a little bit better in the second half and, and uh, got to do that quickly um, as, uh, as we move on. I could sense the, the players' disappointment this morning at the same time. When we walked out of the team meeting room, uh, you got to cut it clean and, and uh, you got to take the lessons moving forward. But uh, but we got to go. Um, playing a really good Kentucky team uh, that's had two weeks of, of preparation, coming off of uh, a bye. Um, extremely physical football team uh, on both sides of the line of scrimmage. Offensively, you look at uh, you know their ability to rush the football, uh, their efficiency in the play action pass, um, be a huge challenge for us defensively. Uh, offensively, uh, they're extremely good against the run and um, extremely physical up front. So, uh, be a huge test, and, and special teams will be a big part of it too. So, I'll open it up for uh, for questions. Yeah, coach. In game, how much do you and your staff use analytics for decision making or helping in decision making? And two, why has this offense had such a hard time on fourth and short? Yeah, um, it, it's a portion of uh, uh, the process, but uh, not the end-all, be-all. Um, hasn't been uh, any time that uh, we've had analytics uh, uh, as being a part of it. And um, the answer, um, at the end of the day, coaches and players got to be better in, in those situations, and uh, we got to go pick up the first down. So two critical fourth downs that uh, that we don't pick up. You mentioned Kentucky's run game. They rely on Ray Davis. He's probably, I think, second in the SEC right now. How do you yeah. not let him get going? I, well, you got to stop him early uh, at the line of scrimmage. Um, but uh, their offensive line, their tight ends, um, they're extremely physical. They do a really good job getting a hat on a hat. Uh, we got to be violent. We got to be disruptive. You got to have uh, gap integrity um, between all their different personnel groupings, uh, their shifts, their motions. We got to do a great job communicating and um, and being. You know, gapped out, and at the, the end of the day, when uh, when you meet the ball carrier, you got to do a great job of tackling him too. Uh, he's extremely physical. You talked about needing to learn lessons, both in the period in the Florida game and the Alabama game. There were periods where, like, one bad break or one bad play led to another snowball effect. What's the lesson? The guys need to learn out of those those little periods of time. Uh, we got to start faster in, in the uh, in the second half and in both of those ball games. Um, uh, the Florida one obviously was uh, the first half. Um, you know, there's a lot of really good things on the video in the second half too. Um, at the end of the day, offense, defense, special teams, you got to operate eleven as one, and um, we didn't do that at a high enough level. Um, I do. I, I like the way we prepared. I like the way that we practice. Um, we got to be on the right side of it when we uh, when we get to game day. You talked about the struggles on uh, fourth and short. Are you concerned with this team's ability to get a push at the offensive line? And would you consider using something like the tush push? Uh, you know, within your offense. Um, where'd you get that from? I, I saw you reading that. 
I'm, I'm joking with you. The uh, listen. Um, at the end of the day, we got to find a way to uh, to pick up a first down. Uh, we've used a lot of different uh, formations. Uh, we've been under center, been in the gun. Uh, we've used it all. So we got to find a way to pick it up in those uh, those two critical situations. Obviously, I'm sure there's a lot of reasons for it, but last year you guys were so good deep middle and, and intermediate middle. Has it having been as productive this year? I know there's a lot of reasons for it, but is there one or two reasons you think haven't gone as well for you that you need to get better at? The beginning part of your question, I'm sorry. No, I was just saying that obviously there's a lot of reasons for maybe not having as much effectiveness down the field and intermediate to deep throws in the middle of the field. Well, what needs to be better there? Um, you know, we got to be better in all phases. Uh, it can be protection. It can be, you know, routes. It can be winning. It can be reading it. It can be, you know, Joe putting on target. Um, we got to catch the ball. So it's a little bit of everything. Um, I thought we took some some steps at times in our passing game uh, last week. Uh, we got to continue to improve here as we go. Coach in the back here. After the game, you said you'll go to war with these guys. Yeah. Uh, what makes this team? means so much to you what are the characteristics that that make you feel that way about them um first of all uh, they invest the right way they prepare the right way um they're willing to go lay it out on the line um everybody in the program is disappointed with the result um but uh you can't be strictly results driven i know that's how everybody you know views the game i get that we do too um but these guys continue to compete and, and play extremely hard so we got to grow um we got to make up the difference and, and be on the right side of it for sure but uh, uh this group's willing to, to invest compete and, and go play josh joe was obviously able to get going running the football but what weren't the running backs doing or, or the running game with the traditional run uh that that didn't allow y'all to, to have success like y'all have been the last yeah, couple of weeks give them some credit too uh they did a good job um you know destructing blocks and, and making plays um being physical at the point uh, making tackles in space um you know we weren't always on the right side of it and um you know that's the running back it's you know our front five is it's tight ends uh, we needed to be a little bit cleaner in that one, um, but also knowing the, the type of opponent that we were playing, too. Um, but we can be better um, normal downs and, and situationally, too. On the, the kick return, let's move back to the four. Did yeah. you ever get more of a reasoning of, like, who did they think called for the fair catch? Did they call for a fair catch? How did all that happen? Yeah, uh, I mean, letter of the law, uh, anybody puts their hand up above the shoulder, um, that would signify a, a fair catch. We had a frontline guy that put his pointer finger up uh, slightly above his shoulder. Is, is he coached to do that? Just no, he, he's not coached to do that. No. Josh, when you went back and watched Joe's uh, performance, what, what did you like and what, did, what are some things that he needs to fix going into the next game? I thought he continued to compete, continued to fight throughout the course of the ball game, really good decision making uh, for a majority of the football game, uh, was accurate with the football. Um, you know, I thought he made uh, plays with his feet. Um, some of that was in quarterback run game, some design, some not. Some of it was him scrambling around making some plays. So um, there were some positive signs. And welcome to college football, right? Uh, you got to be on the right side of it. You got to find a way to uh, to be. Uh, 
to make the plays that make the difference and, and uh, also understand that this game's not going to be perfect. Uh, we've, we see really good players and coaches on the other side of it too. Um, you know, I, I talked about earlier just, you know, I, that I like this team because they invest, they prepare, they play hard. Um, we got to be a little bit sharper. And, um, you know, in, in the first ball game, I didn't think we reset. In this one, just, you know, some unique things happened and, and uh, we didn't get going on the, on the right side of it. But, um, we got to cut it clean, and we got to move forward in this one too. Josh, sort of expanding on that, you know, for, for to only really have a couple of bad quarters and not to be two losses during a season, when you're trying to coach young people, how how do you explain to them how fine those margins are and how much things have to be really really good for 60 minutes without making people think they have to be perfect or pushing too hard? Yeah, um, first of all, you talk about those things. Um, you show them on the video um, how little subtle things make a difference in, you know, how the game's played. And, and uh, it's a series of, of one plays that make the difference in the football game. That's the way you got to approach it. But it's a series of plays, so you got to reset and refocus on, on the next one. And, you know, we talk about not having to be perfect um, because I think that applies a lot of pressure to kids um, where you can't go out and just cut it loose and go play. Um, but the fundamentals, you know, how you invest, your preparation, being on the right side of it, uh, you got to control the controllables in, in the process of, of getting ready to play. Yeah, a young corner that uh, has been opportunistic, made plays when uh, when it's been up in the air. Uh, he's gone and got it, and, and um, does a really nice job as a, as a young player. Uh, they're front, big, strong, physical. Um, they do a really good job of, of getting off of blocks, but their second level and third level fits are, are on point. And um, so, even if you block it clean inside, you know the extra hat's showing up quickly on you. Uh, they've done, done a really good job of, of tackling that guy in space. Um, we got to be extremely good up front. Um, that's the five guys. It's the tight ends. And uh, we're going to have to run with the physical edge in this one. Um, it can help the spacing, but, um, you know, again, um, you're playing really good players. Every scheme's a little bit different. How you can attack them and, and try to find it in the edge uh, for your players. So you know that's why things change from from week to week a little bit. How's Nico developed? Should you need him to play? Where how's he come along? Nico, I'm sorry. yes, yeah, he's done a good job. Uh, continues to to prepare the right way. Um, continuing to. You know, gain a deeper understanding of what we're doing, and obviously week to week is is seeing a lot of dif different defense structures. Is got to continue to prepare for. So, like what he's done. I'm sorry, I couldn't understand if it was Denico or Nico. Building on the Joe Milton running question, have you talked to him at all about choosing when to lower his shoulder and then choosing when to avoid contact? And yeah, everybody's, um, you know, the end of their runs are a little bit different. Their ability to, to slide their comfort, dive, get down, um, you know, situationally too, um, you know, the hidden yards in the game when needed. Um, there's times when, uh, you know, he should probably get down. But, uh, again, uh, I like the way that he ran the football. Thank you, everybody. There you go. Uh, Hypo was interesting 
on the on the one point of contention because it was a really a big play in the game. As Josh Heupel just met the depressed at UT, that the thing that's really interesting to me is he says letter of the law. We had nut man put his hand up. Now, the up man's been identified <clears throat> as a kid that's played some pretty good football for them at linebacker in T. Lander. It's really interesting the way Heupel did. There wasn't a follow-up. Do you, do you think that was proper, that that was called? Because that's really what we're all wondering. I mean, that's really, and that was really a huge, huge, huge play in that game. Because now you started your second drive in the second half on your four-yard line. I mean, that, that was a huge play. Besides the fourth down call, and midfield, I would argue that's the second biggest impact that happened in the game. And but it happened right after they scored a touchdown. We had all the right. momentum. That's right. And then you have to start at the four-yard line. It changed the way you call the game. They that's had to right. hand it off three times. That's right. And yeah. didn't really get the have a chance to get a first down and get anything going. And Gary Danielson. When they needed it. And Gary Danielson, who doesn't believe in momentum, also doesn't believe in the truth because he looked at the guy over on the side who scratched his leg, Bino, and said, there's a signal right there. He's made that up, Bino. You know, yeah. it's like da- Danielson knows He's the rules of all this stuff about stuff that he doesn't know anything about where he other commentators will say, well, this is unique. I don't, I've never seen that. He just made that up, Bino. He actually wants you to think he knows every rule out there. He made that up. you've never seen before. That kid never even did it. Once again, Tony, it's point of emphasis nonsense. An up back is never going to call a flipping fair catch. So to call that, you have to be looking for that to call it. Because Unless it he's about no to test impact, him. Zero impact on the coverage team. No one's looking at T-Lander wondering if he's taking a fair catch. Stupid. Unless he actually is taking a fair catch. They short. Which he wasn't on that catch. No. I would have loved to have heard Heupel say that. I think he's being way too passive with this. I'm sorry. I know you guys, just, Bino, you disagree with me. If you don't fight for your right to party in this league, you're not going to get it from those guys. There's a reason those veteran coaches work on those officials. There's a reason. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The only thing I disagree with you on, Tony, is that it's going to make a difference in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. It is not. Okay. How about in your building when you're not getting them and you're playing people? Yeah, it could do that. All that ridiculous stuff we've seen in our own building. Yeah, we've been it, getting a we've been getting a Vanderbilt whistle all year, and I'm not one that bitches about officiating. I'm not. I, I, I generally I that's Don from Sweetwater's territory. Generally, I stay away from that. Yeah. However, now, I wouldn't do it in the middle of the game. I'm not taking any penalty that's going to hurt my team, but I would certainly do it in a press conference where they lighten my wallet a little bit. 
And that would have been a great opportunity. I mean, somebody should ask him a follow, or he should have asked a follow, or he should have followed up and said, and by the way, that was a horse bleep call. That had nothing to do with nothing in that football game. A guy pointing at the sky. Are you kidding me? But but he was asked, is he taught to do that? And he said, no, he's not. Of course he's not taught to do that. There's a ball in the air. No. Of course, I I didn't teach him. Uh, I'll tell you what. This makes a lot more sense than what they were trying to pass off uh, on CBS the other day. Gary Danielson should have to apologize for that, by the way, to that kid. Oh, look, there it is. He did it. He did what? He he did. D. Williams did what on that play? Oh, he didn't Gary catch Danielson's the ball. He's going to have to call Big Ten games. He's been punished enough. <laughs> Back to the phones we go. Trying to will touchdowns away and trying to will Alabama in the first downs. And... That was unbelievable. That first catch, Brian, I when mean, he was willing Squirrel White's uh, knee to not come down in bounds or he was trying to will the ball wiggling and it was, look at it, is the ball moving? Is the ball moving? Is the ball moving? Back to the phones we go. God, what's majesty. What a great that was, by the way. Oh, incredible. My goodness, Talk fantastic. about selling out to make a catch. That's the best catch since uh, Tillman made that one in that one game. Let's get our next call Here's in. Hello and welcome. You're live on the air. I, that sounds like there's not a, somebody there. It sounds like it's one of those uh, robocall things. That was weird sounding. Let's get our next call in. Hi, you're live on the air. Welcome in. Let's extend your warranty. Hey, Tony, it's Rusty. Hey, Rusty, welcome in. I'm going to try to not uh, lose my stuff and, and and be level-headed about all this. But uh, you talked about the Texas game, and Texas went down there and beat them. I'll tell you the big difference in our game and Texas game. Texas brought, brought, brought Big 12 officials with them, and there was 10 penalties on, on Alabama in Tuscaloosa, and there was four on Texas. Wow. But in SEC games, when it's in Tuscaloosa, Alabama has averaged over four more ball games. They've had 14 total with SEC officials in their house. 14 total, as opposed to 10 in one ball game. When it's an SEC and crew in Tuscaloosa, you're not getting the call. And, being, and I'm surprised you. because the Big 12 officials have no reason since Texas is leaving that league to right. help Texas out. Exactly. You're telling me you're home. telling me that the that the number was twelve to four? Ten to four. Ten, 10 on to Alabama, four, four okay. on Texas. Very good. And they don't love Texas and they don't and the Big Twelve officials don't love Texas and Oklahoma. They want them to lose. But what you got was an objective you got an objective officiating crew in that ball game and it went way against Alabama because mm. they're not disciplined. And they hold all the time. They're coached to hold all the time because Saban knows they won't call it all. It's like Shashevsky in the we're going to foul every possession because they won't call every one of them. Same same principle. And at home, they're not going to call any of them, apparently. Not a single live ball penalty called. Only one penalty called on Alabama, pre-snap, and all that penalty did was help them. Because if they don't call a penalty, which it wasn't, the, the, the center snapped it and nobody else moved, all it was was going to be a six-yard sack because nobody blocked for him, and it should have been second and 16 instead of first and 15. It actually benefited Alabama, the one penalty they got called. The only way to fix this, I love you, Bino, it's to call for corruption 
and embarrass the SEC office. You have to not just say, I think there was a bad call here. you got to come in with a PowerPoint and show still frames of every horrific call. You have to embarrass them. This is history. It's been going on forever, and we keep expecting something different by never saying something, by never calling them out, by never going after the corruption. I don't care how big the fine is. Go for it and attack them. When they put that ball, hey, hey, Rusty, when they put that ball on the four-yard line the other day, whether that's a right call or not, because it's not, it's, it's, it, it is a Sadducee uh, type of uh, uh, meeting out of, uh, of punishment for what went on there. In that spot, in that game, our head coach should have run on the field and made a scene. People can disagree with me. Yeah, yeah. Should have made a scene there goal. because what's going to happen? You're going to put the ball at the two-yard line? Yeah, I'm at least going to state my case. Right. That's a good time to do it because it's only a two-yard penalty. But yeah. I'd rather do it in the press conference and embarrass the office. I would rather attack the office, not the officials. Attack the governing body in Birmingham. Oh, I don't know about that. I don't attack know. Them. I don't know about that, hey, Rusty. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. You're going to uh, mark yourself for forever if you do that, man. I, I got a couple more points. I'll, I'll let that go. That's just my opinion. I may be wrong. Uh, Joe should have gotten more carries in the third quarter. He he. Every time he carried the ball, except the fourth and short. It was 10, 12 yards to carry. He only carried it one time in the third quarter. We did not run Joe enough in the third quarter, and that was a huge problem in the ballgame. Biggest problem with Heupel for the ballgame for me was not running Joe more in the third quarter. Um, next to not getting under center and sneaking it. We've been under center one time this year to sneak the football with a bunch of extra heavy weight guys behind him. We took out the skill guys, went big formation on, four, on, on a half yard from the goal line, and we pushed it right down Virginia's throat. Haven't done it since. Every other play like that, we're going out of the gun. Get under center with your 240-pound quarterback. Get get squirrel wide off the field and bring Omari Thomas in for him and put him behind Joe and have them lean. It's not complicated. The spot on the review play. Uh, they don't ever – they gave us the first down. They We're about to snap the ball, and they blow the whistle to review it. They don't ever do that anymore. They always give you the benefit of the doubt, like T.C. said. But they, this one time they happened to review it, and they got the call right. Joe was probably an inch short of the 35-yard line, and we all know that he only had to get to the 35 because it was a touchback kickoff on the 25, just like the goal line. All that's got to happen is the ball's got to touch the little white line on the 35. Just any part of the ball touches any part of that line. It was proven on the video that it was an inch short. That's fine. You went away. You, you got it perfect. You did it right. You reviewed it. You caught us. We didn't get the first down, and that's fine. They don't ever do it, but they got it that time. But then they spot the ball touching. The ball, when it's put down, is touching the 34. They moved it a full two and a half feet back from where they video reviewed it. So if you're going to be that precise down to the millimeter of where you're reviewing play, then you damn sure better spot the ball where you have it video evidence of where it should be. Incredible work by you, Rusty. Thank you, brother. Good talking to you. I Bino, you have any uh, topic there that you want? Because he addressed you by name, so. Uh, well, I, I don't. Uh, I don't mind the uh, uh, the difference in opinion there. Uh, I don't. And and you're right. Uh, if you're going to march out there and make a scene, uh, that was the time to do it because it cost you two yards rather than fifteen yards. 
Um, this team can't afford 15 yards. So uh, I, I, I would I would have done it at that time. I thought the spot uh, was uh, egregious. It was it was almost a full yard behind where it should have been, and that certainly made a difference. Uh, I believe even even this year we could make six inches on fourth down. As for Rusty's, uh, Rusty always goes a little too far. He wants to have an Al Davis press conference with a flow chart and a Zap Ruder film. No. No, 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 Rusty. You're not going to do yeah, Tony, that. surely you're not going to rip someone for going a little bit too far. Are, are you saying the pot is calling the kettle black, Bino? This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Celebrate you with a new vehicle from Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. We have a huge selection of new vehicles waiting for you. We're talking cars, trucks, and SUVs. And if you're in the business of selling your vehicle, we've got you covered. We'll buy from you even if you don't buy from us. At Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia, we're locally owned and operated and proud to serve our community as the largest CDJR dealership in Tennessee. Find your new ride today when you visit Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. Hello, this is Rick Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. What is a full-service jeweler? Experienced staff, custom designers, in-house jewelry repairs, and beautiful jewelry. Yes, at Tillis Jewelry, we are passionate, knowledgeable, and committed to integrity. We strive to be the best in our community and in our profession. We build long-term relationships and become part of family traditions that will cross generations. We delight clients by providing an unparalleled selection, superior service, and exceptional value. Tillis Jewelry, we exceed your expectations. Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today. 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. 
Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at 10pin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Hey, this is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Football season is here, and that means tailgating starts now. Come see us at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard and let us help you get your backyard game ready. We are open Monday through Friday from 7 to 7 and on Saturday from 8 to 4. Go Vols! Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. And B is me, and we're back with you. It's the Monday edition. Race fans, race fans. Everybody's kind of edgy today, and for good reason. Because Tennessee really lost a game they should have won, and we're the living Vol fan. We talk about it all year long here. We bathe in it all year long, and the games are so big. And Tennessee had an opportunity, and Josh Heupel met the press today, and it was pretty unnewsworthy for a post-Alabama gathering. Back to the phones we go. Bino, when are you, um, you going to work Thornton into our offense? At what point are we going we gonna to call a play for him Saturday night? Uh, when we uh, recruit another guy named Thornton. Back to the phones we go. That poor guy. He is all Dolly Parton NIL wide receiver right now because that guy's a bust. Let's go back to our phones and get our next call in. Hello, and, uh, poor guy. Hello and welcome into our next call. Hey, Tony and Bruno. It's Carter. Hey, Carter. Welcome in. Guys, hey, Carter. One, uh, hey, Bruno. Um, just one quick thing. This On this kickoff, fair catch deal what i don't understand and maybe i'll talk about it and i missed it but my issue is not so much the call I, and i still haven't seen you know what the guy actually did i heard you know what hypo said and he said by the letter of the law he raised his hand just above his shoulder pad i, I didn't see it i'm not going to dispute that and that's not my issue my issue is the rule uh, is written for punts it is not written for kickoffs, I haven't been able to find where it's written about kickoffs anyway. 
uh, it's the spot that bothers me. Where where would they have spotted the ball if that ball had made it all the way to the end zone and he had caught it in the end zone? If he called a fair catch, fair catch would have come out twenty five, correct? There's well, supposed to be a, supposed to be a five yard penalty from this from where. So if it had been a punt, it had been five yards from wherever he caught the punt. But a kickoff, a fair catch would have gone to the twenty five. It should have been backed up five yards to the twenty. Should it not? I think it seems like to me we're going to have a new Tennessee rule again. Um, I just don't think they thought that through when they put that rule in as to where you would actually mark the ball. Anybody want to take a crack at that? If a ball's caught in the end zone there, uh, I, I think if the ball had been caught in the end zone with no attempt to run the ball back, that it would have been like Carter said, placed at the twenty-five yard line or moved back five yards to the twenty. But I, I don't know. That's that's a great point, Carter. It is just uh, it, it's something that needs to be visited uh, because that is way way too uh, that's way too 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 much punishment for that yeah, they were rewarded for for not kicking the ball deep in the end zone that's what happened the punitive yeah, it's, nature it's, it's, of that is just um nothing about that punishment meets that alleged crime nothing about it no it's and i like i say i think they just simply omitted putting the the, the definition in the rule as to where the ball should be spotted on it. Things I've read, you know, just doing internet search on it, everything I read is is related to a punt, not not a kickoff. And the fact that a, a fair catch on a kickoff goes to the 25, well, a fair catch on a punt is where you actually catch it. So it's two different animals altogether. And I just one other thing that last caller was talking about when they review to see if the ball got to a, a – certain point he's, a, he's correct i don't remember on this one if, if that was the situation but how many times do you watch to the show replays to see if the ball broke the goal line i mean and they'll study that for 10 minutes to see if the ball broke the goal line or not and then mark it back at the one i mean if it was that close it shouldn't have taken any we're near that long to, to come up with that verdict there's just so much from that game carter that People that want to believe in like conspiracy stuff can really can really take a bite at the apple on this game. They really can. Well, I mean, it swings both ways, and I'm I'm pretty fair minded. I, I feel like I mean, last year the game up here wasn't the penalties like seventeen to eight. I mean, it was. You, I'm sure I'm sure they somewhat felt the same way last year, but and I don't even think the, the penalties necessarily in and of themselves were what killed us. It, it, it was the timing of the penalties. Everything was on third and four or third and long. And, it, you know, it just extended drives. And the, just the timing of it that changed that whole momentum that Gary Danielson doesn't believe in. <laughs> what a I, ass. I just, I that guy's a damn fool, man. You imagine being that damn big of a fool that you'd be that close to that. He also doesn't believe that the home crowds are. He believes that Neyland Stadium is just like their stadium. I mean, this guy's a clown. No offense to him. Yes, he is. Guys, have a great day. Thank you. He's an absolute clown. Let's go back to the phones and get our next call in. Hello and welcome. Hey, Tony. Joshy boy. Wings. Tony, uh, 
I bet yesterday Don from Sheepwater was uh, watching Tyson bag badges, uh, the D3 quarterback from Shepherd University. How about that kid? How many kids did a guy from D3 have to climb over to start a game in the NFL? You talk about America being a great place and the land of opportunity. Yep. Think about that, Bino. What do you think that Badgett guy was ranked by the recruiting services coming out of high school, Division three quarterback? Like literally playing uh, quarterback at Maryville College. That's what that is. Uh, I don't, I don't know. Whatever star MIA gets. Exactly. Yep. Tony, uh, that was a that was a great game from the Eagles last night. They were up seventeen to three, but I got kind of worried when Jalen threw that pick six. Me too. How were you feeling then oh, when Miami taught it? He's a human turnover right now, man. That poor guy. What's we'll that? You for him. What's that, Vino? I'll try. I'll try straight up, Minshew. <laughs> uh, 